Hello, Glenn. How you going? I am delighted to be here. Now, where's, regular, where's here? exactly, exactly. Where is here? Regular listeners to the podcast, Big Fish Little Pond, our swimmers as I like to call them, would know that we record at the age every week and we have the lovely, lovely ambiance of the age to enjoy as we record our podcast. But tonight, we've gone next level. Now, you'd be forgiven for thinking that we're flown to Dubai or something like that or we're and maybe at Buckingham Palace in the White House. Maybe Trump's pushed us into a little room and said, hey, record your unbelievably eclectic AFL podcast in a little state room at the White House. No, 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 no. We've gone one better. We're at Anthony Colangelo's treehouse. Beautiful. Downtown Seddon. There's the whirling of a, I don't know what we call it, a wall-mounted heater just just heating this room. It's a Vulcan. It's a classic. It is a Vulcan. It is classic. And now that I look at your clothes that are drying what in can front, you see? I can see an abundance of underwear. Yep. There are like 15 pairs of underwear on this particularly long, elongated clothes horse, which really ties in every conversation we've had on the pod beautifully. It's not even half of my underwear collection and as i've said before zero anal confidence there's not one pair of white underwear there they're all black they all look like they're significantly uh worn to the point where they're they're black is now some of them are new some of those are new oh goodness me we need to take you underwear shopping because no young lady Uh, is going to be excited pulling your pants off and finding those uh, and no, on that note, are new, so <laughs> let's that's... welcome ourselves to this <laughs> latest podcast because someone had their pants pulled down today. Uh, someone did, unfortunately. Well, and that man's name is Anthony Colangelo because I have written up oh, yeah. my Shit. menu or my my choices from the menu from Kitchen Samrat. Forget about Brendan Bolton. We'll get to him in a minute. All right, all right. His pants were pulled down to his knees. Yours were pulled to your ankles and tossed off into the street. I want multiple samosas. Yep. I want harabaranan. I want some palak paneer. I want some alo gobi. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I am going to eat like the king. So we bet uh, dinner at Kitchen Sumrat on the result of the North Melbourne-Richmond game. I said Richmond would win. Glenn correctly said... North Melbourne would win and taking you out for dinner and paying for that dinner does not <laughs> that to me isn't having my pants pulled down that's you don't think so happy to do it because I sent you a text during the game and you were like hang on hang on long way to go here long way to go but I knew the atmosphere was there the ruse were up and they were about they were bounding through the paddocks and they were looking to scale high fences let me tell you I um I hadn't watched one second of the game so that's probably why ah. that's why I was saying hang on hang on um, didn't do was, your homework but no I was you know, enjoying myself on Friday what were you night. doing on Friday night um, my brother's soccer team had their mid-season drinks so I was um, mid-season at, drinks at the Sportswood Hotel Dale and, Thomas there no <laughs> wasn't there Daisy wasn't there there were some bikies there we, there were some bikies yeah, we there didn't, we didn't realise they were bikies and then black leather jackets Harley oh. Davidson t-shirts didn't give anything away well you just don't really think there's going to be bikies at the Spotswood Hotel and what happened oh, a few of the more um, drunker boys started talking to them and you know it was, it was a bit t- touchy for a while but touchy. we managed to save the situation the old so. Spotswood Hotel what would your exit plan have been jump on a train dash over to the station jump on a train so I would have probably 
run as quickly as possible, which is not very quickly, <laughs> to the nearby uh, Spotswood Golf Course and hidden in the creek there. I think that would have been the way to go. Well, you could have called on me. I would have come and helped you out. I could have brought a few lads of my own down there and squared the ledger. And you know what? It could have been like the Ducky Boys versus the Mods or something yeah. like that out on the streets of Spotswood, which, to be quite honest, around the Spottiswood Hotel has probably happened many times over the years. Spottiswood Hotel used to be a titty bar. No longer. Now it's a family-friendly. Well, there's still breasts there. Yeah, but there isn't. They're not exposed. Yeah, I never went in there. I just remember going home. I, never, tra- I just remember going home on the train when I was in high school, and you would see it would have it was advertised that way. You so. didn't ever look through the window. No. A little peek. No, nothing. Zip no. zero zilch. No. Actually, I think the windows were kind. Of, there were those windows that were like painted Frosted. over. Yeah, Frosted windows. Well, let's get down to the other person who had their pants pulled down today, and that's Carlton coach Brennan Bolton. Now, you've seemed to suggest that you don't think that your loss of the bet and the ensuing meal that I have to uh, dig out of you at Indian, because I think I will be digging, because I'm going to test you. I'm going to test you on every level there. You don't seem to think that was anywhere near as bad as what Brennan Bolton experienced today. What's your snapshot of it all? Um, I, uh, yeah, it's sad for Brendan because obviously you never like to see somebody lose their job, but I think it's... Donald Trump? Yeah, that wouldn't be sad. No. Um, sad for Brendan, but I think ultimately it was clear by the performances the team were putting out and the lack of improvement in the players and the lack of kind of effort or ability to win games that his coaching was not working. Now, obviously there's still people around him or the football department and the board maybe even or other directors, executives, maybe all that needs to be looked at as well. But I think you've got to have the right coach. Brendan didn't seem like the right coach. His communication to me and in the press conference again today, his communication to me is, is really weird it's really sterile. It doesn't have any warmth. So Would you I, label it corporate speak? A little bit, yeah. I remember, I think he was asked... Spin? Yeah, he, well, not spin. It's been spin before. It wasn't today, but he was asked today something like, you know, what's your message to the players? And he trotted out the Bound by Blue, um, that kind of tagline that they have. And I just thought, you know, you've been... To the media, you've been going with slogans and corporate speak and spin this whole time. Like, I thought maybe now he would have kind of spoken a bit more plainly, but he didn't. Um, and I know that Scott maybe doesn't have much to do with coaching, but I just wonder how then he communicates with the players. And if there was someone like that communicating to me, you know, you know, he, he was my coach or my boss, that would be quite... Um, especially a footy club where you're meant to have warm relationships... Um, nice relationships, really open communication. That would have been annoying. Now, obviously, there's problems with the list. There's problems with recruiting. Um, and as I said, there might be problems with the board. But, yeah, the fact that the performances were so meek and the players looked quite unmotivated, their skills were poor, um, and the fact that they only won four games in the past 42 games. I mean, last year was a disaster. I don't know how we survived last year. Three... Losses over 100 points, one over 80 points, and I think five or six more over 50 and 60 points. And I think they won three games for the year. Was it four games for the year? 
it, like how you even survive that season as your third season in charge is kind of extraordinary. So I think it's amazing that he's even lasted this long. And sure, they've been close in a couple games this year that they've lost, particularly against Collingwood. But um, winning's winning. You got to win. When you're close to winning, not winning is almost worse. Is there? Any, is there I'm just thinking. Is there any place in our modern world where if somebody comes out and says you have our full backing, we're right behind you? Is there any other? Can you think of any other space in the modern world, the landscape that we share across the globe that's quite the death sentence as in sports when somebody says whether that somebody is the president or the captain or a sponsor or whatever, you have our complete backing. Yeah, it's, that nev- is, it's never what you want to hear. That is the noose going around your neck right there and it's just a matter of before the trap door is open. Yeah, and that's what we heard last weekend, or not, so not this weekend, the weekend before when Carlton played... Uh, I think it was. Who did they play the week before last? Anyway, the week before last... It's rather irrelevant, really. They, Le Judiciary, the president, came out and said, we're, we're committed to the plan. We're committed to Brendan Bolton. A week later, he's gone. So so why do you think, in all seriousness, in t- taking your journalist hat here and, and putting it on very, very firmly, why, why do you think people are compelled to make that statement? Um, because... What has that actually achieved for the Carlton Football well, because, Club? Well, because as soon as Le Judiciary says we don't fully support him, then it becomes clear that he's going to get sacked. But you don't think this was something that really was in, was in the wings weeks ago? Do you really think if they beat Essendon on the weekend by one point that he would retain his job? Oh, he would have retained it. He wouldn't have been sacked today if, you, if Carlton had beaten Essendon by a point, that's for sure. Right. So you, you, you just spoke a minute ago about year three being such a disaster that, quite honestly, statistically, let alone, uh, I guess, intrinsically, he should have been sacked. And yet a one-point win against Essendon, who, mind you, were not playing that well yeah. over the course no. of the weekend themselves. You think that would be enough to hang on to his job? Isn't well, he might, have hung sy- on, he might have hung on to his job only for another two or three but weeks. But isn't that systemic of why we're here? Yeah, well, I mean, he should have been sacked at the end of last year. In my opinion, so is there any? But that's just the way it works. He would have he would have held onto his job for maybe another week, another two weeks, and it would have just delayed things. Is there anybody at the Carlton Football Club, in terms of the coaching group and or management, that you think the club should keep, or is it the perfect time to take a broom and push it all into the corner, package it neatly into a little plastic bag, and dispose of it? Yeah, it's got to be a broom, I think. It's going to sound harsh, but all the assistant coaches, uh, so that's Teague, who's the caretaker, John Barker, and other assistant coaches. Um, I think, I mean, you know, look at Chris Judd's position as the football director on the board, um, as someone who backed Bolton in and backed this plan in and has been instrumental in this plan coming together. Soss should obviously be looked at as list manager. Um, and then beyond that, I'm not sure. But they're the big roles that I think, yeah, need to be looked at. And I think they'd benefit... I mean, it's, I don't want to sit here and say, yep, get rid of them all. But, I, you know, it would be beneficial, I think, to have a completely new and fresh approach. 
It would be interesting to hear from our listeners, and you can correspond with us uh, via various social media channels, and of course, you will find us, as always, uh, via Spotify and iTunes. Uh, It would be really interesting to hear from our listeners and appreciate their opinions as to whether you look to add more Band-Aids to this, Mm. because in my opinion, placing Teague in as that interim coach, you know, clearly someone has to coach them right now, but I don't think that's the long-term plan there. No. Would you agree? Well, it should have been. If he... So what is there, like 10, 12 games left? Correct. I mean, say they win, if they go 6-6 six and six, or 4-8, and eight, even if they do well and win more games than we think, I think you've got to go for someone from outside. You have to. Historically, and, and you can wind this particular podcast back, whether you're a listener or you too can do so, Mr. Colangelo. Historically, you would expect that this week there will be a spike in, in performance. Yep. You would think that there will be some sort of improvement. Yep. You would think then after that, that that improvement may stay for an, an additional week. I'll give it two weeks max yep. before it really bottoms out yep. because the emotional just, it's, it's a huge emotional strain mm. to be in that space. And for people who have not been in this particular environment before, imagine walking into your office space, wherever that may be, whatever that may be, your job each and every day, and you just fail day after day after day after day. And it might sound completely unrealistic to compare the two, but quite seriously, you're the plumber. And every time you turn the tap, you snap the tap. Mm. You've got to start again, trying to get it fixed. You're working with a photocopier. You just can't make it work. As ridiculous as that sounds, that takes a toll after three days, six days, nine days. It just becomes part of your culture and you just can't get a thing right. Mm. For the life of you, and it's very, very hard. So I would expect these players, as I said, to find some sort of spike and a little bit of respite from that feeling. But ultimately, it's not going to be until summer where they get a chance to take a deep breath and revisit their entire culture as a football club. Who do they play this week out of interest? For me, from memory, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was Brisbane. Oh, you're right. There you go. Well... If, if I was coaching Brisbane, I would be telling Brisbane to really gear up for it as if it is a huge deal for them and I would want to absolutely suffocate Carlton. And they will. Chris Fagan will make sure they're ready and it's kind of ironic they're playing Brisbane because a few years ago, well, Brisbane and Carlton started their rebuild at the same time and you just look at Brisbane and look at the coach they went for and the kind of players they've gone for to supplement their young talent and they've done it I mean hindsight's a beautiful thing but they've done the right thing they're in a good position now they're looking like they are going to play finals this year and we're watching a little bit of vision via your television which is on in the background as we record this podcast it really is incredibly interesting to see some of the body language between players and coach etc etc through huddles and so forth uh, this is something that's been brewing for a long, long time and, yeah. and it's, it's exhausted people. Um, do you have any ideas in your head of who you think would be a good coach at Carlton? 
Well, I think you've got a few choices. I think you can go for the, the, the tried and true, if you like, players uh, who have transitioned into coaching, the Paul Ruses and so forth, who have been around the traps for, for many, many years and, and done X, Y and Z in the game, whether it's for better or for worse. Then you can go for you know assistant coaches who have been involved in, in sort of uh, not only the Carlton space, but other similar spaces. Uh, or you can go for what I would call the completely raw and, and youth-based coach. And look, in my opinion, those older coaches are done and dusted. Mm. I don't know why they would come back. I don't know why Paul Ruse would want this role. I don't think it's productive. Don't know why Carlton would want Paul Ruse for yeah, this role. I don't really. think it's a good fit at all. And no disrespect to Paul Ruse, I just don't think it's the right fit. A bit like having... Uh, Robert Wall's consult to the to the space. It's just not the right person. It, the time has passed that particular person and their abilities. Then you talk about those assistant coaches. Uh, Before you get onto those, please. what about Ross Lyon or Alistair Clarkson? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Ross Lyon, absolutely not. And in terms of Alistair Clarkson, I don't understand why he would want to leave Hawthorne. I yeah, really agreed. don't. His his team, I think, is struggling. I don't think Hawthorne are a particularly good team this year, but Alistair Clarkson being Alistair Clarkson and his connection with that club, isn't it the perfect position for him to say, you know what, I appreciate that my team is not doing so well this year and I would like to be a part of, I'm not going to call it a rebuild, we'll just call it a, a, a tweak or two or, or three to be quite honest. He's got to make quite a few tweaks. But he, I would like to think, wants to stay there and, and finish on a high there. And I, I think walking away from Hawthorne now isn't the right move for him. That's my opinion. What about Sam Mitchell? Sam Mitchell, I, I, I look, I really like Sam Mitchell as a person. I've had a little bit to do with him over the years. I think he's an intelligent person. I think he's a different person from the normal football type of person. Has he had enough life experience? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, could he benefit from having more time uh, in that game in terms of coaching game and, and growing his skill sets? Probably. Uh, I would much rather see someone like that potentially, and we've got to remember we're not privy to any of their yeah. their comments, their thoughts, their their inclination as to what they would do with the club. Uh, but I would think that there's a lot of good young coaches who are worth the investment well and truly before any of these other coaches. And if you're bringing them in, it means that you're potentially giving them a chance to really gel and connect with the younger players who are on the list too. And that's the core of, of your list. There's been a lot of slander going around about Dale Thomas, you know, or X, Y, and Z. Should he be involved with the club? Is he the future of the club? Forget about all of that. The future of the Carlton Football Club is without doubt in the 18 to 23 range. Yeah. Everyone else, even if Glenn Manton was there or whoever was there, you have to be honest and say, you know what? Their time is up. Yeah. It's not going to be you who drives us forward because that's just continually perpetuating the same issue that exists. Um, you said something there about a coach or you said Sam Mitchell might not have the... Well, you forget Sam Mitchell, forget what you said, but you've said before... More coaches need more experience outside of the AFL system. Absolutely. I don't think there's going to be any candidate look that that would have that because most candidates just go straight from playing footy to being retired from footy. Bolton was the other way around. Bolton was a coach but also a, a school teacher. So he had 
some outside experience having a normal day job I don't like it's not going to happen it's well, not, not going to happen that some you know player who's never it, like that kind of risk is not going to be taken I mean it's going to be somebody who's gone from playing footy to retiring to going straight into footy as a coach and often that's not the best way forward and I would say the same thing about the teacher who went to school, went to university, became a teacher. Not the best way to teach. You know, you, it, it's across all sorts of professions. You want to try and find the most well-rounded, constructive, creative, conversationally based person you can if you want to have success. And there are coaches out there in any, many walks of life who have had all sorts of success. I hear nothing but good reports about a number of young coaches uh, in, in, the, in the likes of uh, the Reece Shaw, I've, I've had many people turn to me and say that uh, they think that he's got you know, some real talent. Of course, you've got the coach of the Northern Blues. Josh Fraser. Josh Fraser, one of your ex-alumni, if you will. Lots of very good comments about Josh Fraser. So Josh Fraser, now I'm showing my age, but how old would Josh Fraser be roughly? Well, he was drafted as an 18-year-old in 2000, so he'd be... Yeah, do the math on that. So he's, what, 36, 37? Yeah. So 37, your average age on your playing group is, let's just say, 20. It starts to make much more sense. You but know? still, Josh Fraser and Reece Shaw haven't worked outside of footy. No, and that, that's a concern. So they're going, at the very least, they're going to need right-hand men, right-hand people who can offset that. So right-hand people who have worked outside of footy? Absolutely. Because I don't think there'd be any senior coaching candidate who's worked outside of footy. They, they, they need people to offset that. Like, look, simple question, and give me an honest answer. You've got Brendan Bolton sitting in the box, Car- Carlton Football Club tanking that badly. I shouldn't use the word tanking. I don't think they're deliberately trying playing to lose. Badly. Playing poorly with how many coaches in the box? Oh, at least Seven? Six, probably. Yeah. yeah. And plus another five hangers on. Could Josh Fraser, Reese Shaw, Mr. X, sit in the coach's box completely on their own and come up with the same result? Uh, no. Of course they could. No, they couldn't. Of course they could. You're telling me one person couldn't coach the, the Carlton Football Club as poorly as Seven Radar. Uh, as so, poorly or as, as well poorly as well they couldn't get the same result one person you and I could go and sit in that coaching box and come up with the same result yeah okay sorry I thought you meant do a better job just as one person might be able to do a better job just as one person why there's this ridiculous inclination that you need 50 coaches you don't there's a stupid myth in football that you need to sit down and watch 20 hours of videotape. So you don't. Okay, so what, so just to play devil's advocate, Nathan Buckley obviously had a really tough time at Collingwood for four or five years. He was always told that he didn't delegate enough, that he tried to do it all on his own. Start of last year, 2018, he delegated more. Collingwood obviously make the grand final and almost win it. Mm. I mean... I hear where you're going. So here are some people that Nathan Buckley could delegate to. The doctor, the physio, the support staff in terms of trainers and whatnot, the development coach, the 
cultural assistant, if you like. I don't know if Collingwood's got one or not. I've already got five people yeah, on Yeah, but he delegates to the forwards coach, the well, midfield that's coach. that's right. The, the he could do coach. that. He could do that. But even then, there's more than just backline forward and mid coach. There are that many coaches, that many people putting their hands up to, to say that they, they're valuable in this space. Less is more. Less is more, and I'm telling you, sitting down and watching hours and hours and hours of film and whatnot is not going to get you to the answers. There's this huge, it's a huge myth in football that high performance should come first. High performance should not come first. The first thing that should be on the list for any football club wanting to succeed, whether they're local or at the highest level, let alone any sporting club business, is people. People, culture needs to come first and the Carlton Football Club need to sit down and completely revisit that because high performance follows that, not the other way around. And sitting down and watching 17, 18 hours, random numbers of footage is not high performance. In the brief time in the last 30 years where Carlton have got it right, Mm -hmm. when you were there and they Mm -hmm. won a premiership, what was it like? 1995 was a party. Every night at training was like a party. What do you mean? I mean it was like a party. You wanted to be there. You felt a sense of ownership. You felt connected. You felt like you mattered. And you know what? The Carlton Premiership team of 1995 wasn't 18 guys, 22 guys. There were 30-odd guys, maybe more guys who didn't even get a game who could have contributed to that team. And it was a sense of everyone belonging. And that was a year where David Park, and and I've spoken to him about this, handed back the reins of the team to the players and put it back on the players. You know, what are the expectations that you're bringing to the table? How are you going to go about your business? What are you going to do about this season? And unfortunately, over the course of the next two or three years, 96, 97, the playing group more or less hand, and when I say the playing group, the older players more or less handed back the reins to David Parkin, which is a great shame because it takes a lot of effort. That's why you've got to take your hand, hat off to the Geelongs, the Richmonds, and if we're going beyond football, you know, the Chicago Bulls, the Golden State Warriors, all these teams that have backed up year in, year out. It would be really, really interesting to bring Steve Kerr in, the coach of the Golden State Warriors, to coach AFL football. I would bet my life on it that he could win half the games that he coached in AFL football. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't want want to have that debate. We'll go down a rabbit hole. Because I want to ask you another question. Please. You said he handed the reins to the players. What does that mean? It means, as I said, that he basically said, you're out on the field. So you need to be able to prepare, function, and evaluate on your own. You can't have me just hovering around all the time trying to oversee and and dictate everything. And that extended to everyone across the club. Can you imagine being involved in a sporting club and you're the physio or you're the doctor or you're the the sports high performance manager, whatever it happens to be, and everything you're trying to put forward is being undercut by the coach? Can you imagine being an assistant coach who's there to give some suggestions as, as to how to do whatever and you're being undercut by the coach? So... I'm just trying to get into what made it successful. What so? What was the atmosphere at the club like, and how did that directly directly relate 
As I said, it was like a party. Right. It was you wanted to be there. So players felt empowered? Empowered, engaged. Uh, You felt like your contribution mattered. And you felt like that you had a voice within reason. Of course, the lowest rung on the ladder doesn't necessarily have the, the loudest voice in terms of the hierarchy. But... I feel like it, it mattered. I felt like we had some really simple systems. I felt like we had some real predictability. I felt like that there was a genuine plan. And you know what? That year, 1995, we still had one of the worst uh, gymnasiums in the competition. We still had ridiculous recovery facilities. We were still well and truly behind the eight ball in a lot of our, uh, I guess, off-field mechanisms and so forth. And, and again, that came back to bite us in the years after that because other clubs were just far more progressive. But in terms of thinking... I wouldn't be surprised if David Parkin was one of the first coaches to really say, hey, you need to take some genuine ownership over this and make a difference yourself. You satisfied with that? I am. So do you think that is one of the big uh, factors in in a team, an AFL football team being successful? No doubt. People and culture must come first. No, but but the players having some sort of autonomy to a, to an extent? I'll be honest with you, and I heard a story about the Carlton Football Club today that there's somebody employed, and the, and the way it was pushed across to me was that there is somebody employed at the club to basically do chores and jobs and so forth for the players. The players at the Carlton Football Club and every other football club, let alone any other institution, need to learn how to do these things themselves. Just because you play AFL football does not stop you from going to the local supermarket or stepping out of your car and filling it with petrol or whatever it may be. You need to get back into the real world. And if I was involved in any AFL football club as a coach or otherwise, I would be insisting that players have real, genuine, committed aspirations and involvements beyond AFL football because I have zero doubt that that makes for a better footballer, let alone a better person. That's a, that's a fundamental right there. Yeah. You must have some inclination about what life is like beyond AFL football. I, I can give you one of my philosophies here and now in terms of this podcast, and I don't want to jump around on this soapbox too much because I might slip off, but a player or an official should never come to the club wearing their football gear their club tracksuit, all that sort of stuff, or leave wearing any of that. If I was part of the decision-making process as to how the Carlton Football Club or any other team would fly to Perth, you wear whatever you want to wear on the plane. You portray yourself as a person. Now, I understand their responses and all this sort of stuff, and obviously you have to find a balance. But you know what? Be yourself. Learn to be player X, the person who plays football, not the footballer who actually happens to be a person too when they, they drop their guard for all of two minutes a day. But they can be given autonomy and individuality in other ways, can't they? Yes. and, and Because, if, because if, the whole, if the whole club's doing that properly, if players are being, if, have got passions outside of football, like you say, they've got autonomy with their game plan, with their training, with whatever else... It should be okay and not too much of a burden and not too much of a dampener on that individuality for all the players to rock up in the tracksuit. I hear where you... Do you get what I mean? I hear where you're coming, but I just just don't... If we're talking about to and from training and whatnot, 
I see it too much. People who want to wear the tracksuit up and down the street, whether it's staff, officials, players. No. You come to the football club and you are a footballer well, there. They, when to, you to leave... from training, they come in their own clothes. Well, that's... Yeah, sure. It, it should happen more. Okay. But, but more often than not, there's this labelling that you have to be this footballer. Be yourself. Represent the football club well as the individual that you are. You turn up to the airport at, when it's seven degrees in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt, then that's just ridiculous. But you're not teaching anyone how to grow as a person and operate as a professional. Chances are you, you might wear some sort of club apparel to the airport. Who knows? But what I'm saying is a degree of flexibility here helps the individual grow as a person. And you, you, look, if you're going to make all the decisions for players off the field, then you're going to be trying to make all the decisions for players on the field. And that ain't going to work. Satisfied? Yeah. <laughs> yep. How I, would you go wearing the age? Is there an age tracksuit? Uh, we have... So I've got an age umbrella. Nice. Got an age, um, what are they called? Those bags. Uh, satchel bags? Satchel. Well, you know, the they're like... Bum bag. No, they're like grocery bags. What are they called? A tote bag. Tote bag. If anyone got listening to this podcast, Big Fish Little Pond is not a bag showcase. I've got podcast. an age um, apron. Apron. All the fundamentals to the age and you're giving you. And age diary. Wow. Use, I use all those things with pride. Covered, covered all bases thanks to the age. Yeah, Brilliant. What, what, I love it. What would, would you like some memorabilia? I really, I wouldn't call it memorabilia. Oh, Even okay. if you signed it, I wouldn't call it memorabilia. Now, we have banged on about the Carlton Football Club for far too long. I just want to do a quick whip around uh, the, the other clubs that are in question in this league because there is more than just the Carlton Football Club. We can call this the Carlton Crisis Podcast uh, very, very quickly. Uh, forget about Essendon. They're not much better than Carlton, to be quite honest. And we've already spoken about North Melbourne and Richmond. I can't be bothered with Collingwood or Fremantle. I really that was, can't. No, there's a, there's a, yeah, but we're going to dig into the whole controversy around the, the no, no, match. No, 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 no. Collingwood deserved to lose, and they would have lost anyway. Uh, we'll save that for another pod. I want to go to, if I can, skipping every other club, just because I just cannot be... Uh, let me tell you, just quickly, that Melbourne... Crows game was one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. If anyone on that field wanted to play any semblance of defence, I would have been shocked. I thought it was a garbage game. What do you think about um, Gorn and Wiedemann missing the goals at the end? Did you uh, see that? I felt sorry for the young player that he, he missed that goal, but you know what? The, the, the game was just it was a very ordinary game. Okay. I'm shattered that I had to sit through and watch <laughs> that with the family. You had to. Well, the, the family wanted the to boys watch wanted it. The boys wanted to uh, watch that, so I sat through it. The thing that I'm interested in is St Kilda. Oh, my goodness. Out in Shanghai. Wow. They're sick. And then the captain, wow. What can I so say? So, I'm not saying that Jaron Geary... Well, he would have. He wouldn't have broken his leg if he... So, Jaron Geary was, was, didn't play for eight weeks because he had this massive... I don't even know what it was. His leg... His, his, his he had a blood quad, pump. yeah, blew up, massive size, and he had to get this massive gash down the side of it to leach the blood out. So he's got this massive scar down the length of his his quad, basically, mm. right? The side of his quad. So his first game back from that seven-week absence in China... Doesn't seem like a good idea, does now, it? Yeah, I'm not, Flying... Now, I'm not saying that caused... Now, now what he's done, he's broken his leg on the other side. So obviously flying... And going and playing on that game in China isn't what caused him to break his leg. No. But 
It just doesn't seem like a, a sensible approach, does it? No, really? it doesn't. You bring him back for a home game or even a game in Sydney. I don't know, but not in China. I, I wouldn't have thought the whole flying thing would have been necessarily a great thing. But to me, he, possibly leading into that game, he works like an absolute uh, warrior, if you like, in the gym and on the track. Mm. And then they give him the reward of coming on the trip if that was all cleared by the Medicos to do that. And, when, and basically say, mate, great to have you back. Love to have you around. Terrific. Come on this little trip. Have a little bit of a, uh, a bit of a social time, if you like. Represent a few dumplings. A few dumplings. Represent yourself well. And then next week, you're back on, back on deck. Bit or of, even the week after. Bit of suckling pig. So what, what was causing the issue there? Do you know? Because we had last week's podcast, we had the issue. Well, we had the issue of the MCG people being poisoned. Oh, they had and a bit then, of food poisoning. What did they eat? I'm not sure what the players ate. So you have dished up the last two weeks, no pun intended, a lot of food poisoning stories, and yet you've been able to not clarify any of them. Well, it's not really that interesting to me. That I think our listener deserves sick. a lot more than that, to be honest. No, because then you're playing to stereotypes of. Asian food making people sick and it gets oh, a bit okay. I don't like doing that I don't think Asian well, food I makes going people down that sick path at all. no I know you're not but it's just it's, it plays into that because people say Asian oh they, they went to China and they ate Chinese food and that made them sick it's like piss off wow it wasn't you're it was, animated yeah. on this one walk right in it's just awkward like and you hear about Port Adelaide planning and they bring all their own that's food. right you, oh, yes, I'm not, yes, I'm not yes, big on that this. Uh, you were very animated yeah, about this, this is, it's like, as I said it's like you going to Cuba and walking around the whole island, which is stuck in the 60s and demanding a blender to, to have a smoothie in the morning. You can't, just for, just for a week, how long were you in Cuba for? Oh, it was five fateful nights. For five nights, you couldn't go without a smoothie. I really couldn't. What, like... I was starving. What is... Yeah, but eat something, like... Hey, wait till you go to Cuba. Oh, uh, no. You'll struggle. No, I won't. I'll you be, will. I'll be absolutely fine. You'll be struggling. You, you look a bit like Castro. Your profile's a bit Castro. Whatever. Um, now, we do owe our listeners a sincere apology because on the last podcast, I'd like to clear this up before we end this particular podcast. On the last podcast, Hollywood reporter Anthony Colangelo broke some breaking news about Ashton Kutcher. Now, we haven't spoken about this. Did you do your research on this? I haven't done any research. So it certainly wasn't breaking news. You could have told me to do the research. I didn't find out until afterwards when I Googled it all and realised this is an old case. And it's basically in court now. So his girl, the old Miller. How is it an old case if it's in court now? No, the death. We reported it as if she had passed away. He had just gone on this particular date and that this woman had unfortunately been found dead. But it's actually quite historic. There's a history there as you go through your phone now trying to get more information. Do we need to go into it anymore? No, we've made an apology. With to who? To Ashton? To our, no, to our listeners. Oh, right. oh, and to Ashton. If he happens, there's every chance that he's listening. We'll, we apologise if we've dug up any um, skeletons in the closet. In fact, that was probably an inappropriate. You thing know, no, we'll make it too. clear that that I think there's another person who they believe murdered the woman. It just so happened that she was with Ashton the night she was murdered. I yep. think so. Don't mm. want to make any links there. Don't want to get sued. There was no speculation that it was him. We didn't hint at that at anything. Well, we, we just broke it like it was a, a story that was happening in the there well, and the it now. Because it was in court then. And yeah. Now. But, I think you're missing the point here. It wasn't. He wasn't on the date. 
No, as well. I wasn't saying that he was on the day. Oh, I think you got a little bit oh, Molly right. Meldrumish and sort of tried to drum up a bit of excitement around it all. Did you ever go to any of Molly Meldrum's parties? No. You were never invited to one? No. Are you sure? Absolutely. I'd know if I went to Molly Meldrum's party. How come? You were never invited to one? Oh, I, wouldn't, I thought I was friends he with used Molly Meldrum. Yeah, but he used to invite kind of a lot of people. You used to move in those Channel 9 no, kind of no, circles. I've never moved in those circles at all. You like a party? I do like to party. I do like to have a good time. But it's the best party you ever went to? Quickly, a, I want to go to bed. There's a number of parties that I've been to which have been extraordinary and certainly nothing to be shared on this podcast. That's for a separate podcast. Okay, all right. I often watch Vice Party Legends. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, you showed me a cartoon, didn't you, of uh, that guy and with Kanye? What Ninja from yeah, Dionne Wood. Wood. Yeah. I often look at those stories that some of these celebrities tell and I think to myself, I've been to a lot better parties than what you're putting out there. Okay. So there's some interesting ones here. Just a quick one. I had dinner with Ronnie Biggs once, the great train robber. Really? Dinner slash party at his house. Uh, It was arranged when we were in South America. So hanging out with Ronnie Biggs at Ronnie Biggs' pad in... um, Oh, you know you've told this story. Yeah, I'm just dropping it out there again. So I I would say that that is a more interesting party and I wouldn't even rate that as one of the better parties I've been to. Oh, you know... How many parties have been in this house? We actually haven't had a party here. You haven't had a party, and yet no. there's a 17-inch yeah, crack no, in the wall. Yeah, that's because the house needs to be re-stumped. Right. Well, on that note, I think we've uh, established that the Carlton Football Club needs some renovation as well. Need to be re-stumped. We'll see how they go over the coming weeks. You've been listening to Big Fish Little Pond. Find us on iTunes and Spotify. This has been an emergency Carlton Football Club podcast. Final words? Uh... Thank you, Mother, for the rabbits, as Rex Hunt once said. Wow, that's, that's pretty low sort of hanging fruit right there. Uh, if anyone's interested in some kitchen samrat, there will be plenty to go around. I would happily, just before we go, I'd happily have other people come. Well, there you go. If you're interested in joining myself and Anthony Colangelo at Footscray's, Footscray's finest Indian restaurant, Kitchen Samrat, please shoot us a message. This has been Big Fish Little Pond. We'll speak with you soon. I'm a generous one.